I hereby introduce to you, Mr. Michael Veazey. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Um, delighted to be talking to Manuel Beckvar today of Import Dojo. Manuel's got a very, very deep background. He's been out in Asia for, for a very long time in uh, sourcing products, uh, importing, exporting. But as part of uh, building his own brand and working with other companies, he's developed quite an expertise in things outside the import-export sort of narrow expertise. And today we're going to talk about brand building outside Amazon. So Manuel, tell us a little bit about this. First of all, why bother? I mean, Amazon's got all the customers, right? Why should we bother doing anything outside Amazon? Yes, Amazon. Uh, first of all, thanks again for having me. <laughs> um, why build outside of Amazon? Because Amazon has you, um, how to put this? Amazon owns you. Amazon owns your listing. So, you know, to, tomorrow you could do $10,000 a day and tomorrow Amazon could suspend you for no good reason whatsoever. We've seen it on the forums. We've seen it on Facebook. Uh, there's a guy I've read. He's been doing uh, so and so many since 2005. And he didn't have any problems whatsoever. And then all of a sudden, um, he got banned or his accounts got suspended. I think now he's got it back working already. But anyway, he, lo he lost like two, three months of, uh, of sales on that. So Amazon has and owns your listing. So you don't want to put all eggs in one basket because it would be silly to you know, put 100% of your cash flow into, into one investment. You also don't do that. You, know, you try to diversify your investments. Uh, so for, for me, for example, today, I think my, um, my Amazon revenue accounts to 20, maybe 30% of my total income. And uh, the rest is just passive income, retail, other e-commerce site, uh, coaching, consulting. Um, I have a sourcing company in Hong Kong. So I really try to diversify my income because even though I know I do everything by the book, there could be some disgruntled Amazon hopefully please no one with me but there could be some disgruntled amazon employee who decides to shut me down tomorrow so that's really only the main reason why you want to get off amazon eventually another reason might be that often it's uh, a race to the bottom in terms of pricing so let's say you've you've launched a new product you're the first seller <clears throat> some people see it uh, <clears throat> apologies some people see it they jump on the train and Two, three months later, you have 15, 20 uh, sellers competing with prices with you. When you have your own e-commerce site or when you're selling to, to wholesale, you are the one dictating the price. I mean, obviously, your price needs to be reasonable and within the market range, but no one's going to tell you how many fees you have to pay and no one's going to tell you how much you can sell it for, you know? So that's right. also another reason why I think moving off Amazon at some point makes sense. Wow. So, yeah, very, very powerful arguments there. And, and uh, so there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, first of all, I like the fact that you're actually really doing uh, a big spread of things. So a lot of people talk about uh, moving off Amazon, but then they actually they sort of do 95% of their revenue on Amazon. And certainly in my e-commerce e uh, um, business, that is absolutely me, I have to confess. But uh, you've really got a diversification of income. Makes total sense. And yeah, I can attest to the fact that several friends of mine who some of them do several hundred thousand dollars a month, or they mm. were before they got suspended, and it does happen overnight for people. So you, it's a very mm. real danger, and it's very good that you're being honest about that. So mm. tell us more. Let's unpack that a little bit more. First of all, 
Um, you mentioned your own e-commerce sites. You mentioned wholesale. So these are wholly different business models. I think let's talk about let's talk about the easy wins first. Uh, what about using other sales channels outside Amazon? Have you actually found that any use to go to eBay or Etsy or any places like that? Um, personally, I have two brands right now. One is Mandarin Gear, uh, which is publicly known anyway, and the other one I can't really mention. But the other side, um, I'm using, for example, Shopify, as well as I've recently got uh, ungated on Jet.com. Uh, you know, Jet has been bought by Walmart for 3.3 billion, so I think everyone knows, everyone can see the seriousness of Walmart wanting to, you know, build their e-commerce platform, even though Walmart has a platform already. Uh, but it's not doing so well compared to, to Jet, which is only like a year and a half old, I think. So anyway, the, the second brand that I'm running, uh, I've just got ungated on Jet, so I'm trying to get uh, an understanding there, and I can report back on that. But with that site, I also have a Shopify site, uh, a Shopify store, and, and that's making quite a good amount of money. Um, it requires a lot of work in terms of SEO, uh, in terms of you know, bringing content to the people. It's part of a shop and a bit of a blog in the virtual reality, uh, in the virtual reality niche. And um, yeah, I've also listed on Sears.com, but unfortunately they shut down their seller profile, their seller um, acceptances now. I'm not sure if they're still uh, accepting. Uh, you could go on to Walmart. Walmart takes a long time. Uh, it took me six months to get ungated on Walmart. And uh, in terms of eBay, I've tried eBay many, many years ago, and I was just frustrated with, with the customers and, you know, with the returns, and it was just not so user-friendly as Amazon, for example, Amazon FBA is. So eBay is, <clears throat> for me, it didn't work, but anyone, please feel free to look into eBay. It still works for, for many people. Uh, and then, yeah, again, there's many, many other sites other than Amazon. Uh, for example, like I said earlier uh, in the earlier call, Tesco, I think, has a third-party seller program. Um, here in Southeast Asia, we have a very big company called uh, Lazada. They are in Indonesia, Thailand, Hong Kong, Singapore, and they're even bigger than Amazon, I mean, at least in Southeast Asia. So you can apply as a third-party seller there, and it's pretty simple. They send, you, uh, they send you a contract. I even signed up for the Thai Lazada with my Hong Kong company, and I'm now selling on Lazada Thailand, even though it's just, you know, I send in 50 pieces there. Uh, once in a while, but you know, it's still making money on on a separate income source. Nice. Um, so, okay. Yeah, so there's a huge, huge range of possible channels there. And um, so, tell us about uh, Shopify. So, obviously, the in individual channels like Walmart, Jet, whatever, have their own individual hmm. requirements. And I like the fact that you're flagging up that it can take a lot of time to get there. So, I suppose the time to start is now to begin hmm. to get that opportunity open up in the future, right? But tell us about Shopify then, because um, Obviously, traditionally, that was a way a lot of people back in the day made money via their own e-commerce stores back in 2007 when Google chips were, mm. Google uh, clicks were cheap, I should say, and the world was young. Um, how does that work in 2017? How do you actually get ranked and get more than like one <laughs> a day? Mm. Um, Spotify, I'm, I'm doing several things. First of all, I'm providing content. So I try to get organic traffic by providing content. So, like I said, it's in the virtual it's in the virtual reality area. So I go onto forums like Reddit or other virtual reality forums. I post content like, um, "Hey guys, have you seen the new headset from Samsung, for example?" Right. So, and then I talk about the headset maybe on my blog. Right. So I get organic traffic by 
being active in forums like, like Reddit. So organic traffic is one way, which works pretty well. Um, then I also run Google Ads through for Shopify and Facebook Ads, but Facebook Ads only for conversion and for people to sign up for my newsletter, not to buy anything. Um, okay. Shopify is not the cheapest, uh, especially if you sell a lot of units. But for me, I mean, for me, um, conversion on, on Shopify is pretty good. But yes, it takes a lot of work. And um, actually, I'm having someone working on the Shopify store for me, mostly, because it's just too much, too much work for myself. Um, that's the good thing about Amazon FBA. You don't really have to do much except PPC and maybe send some traffic there once in a while. And if you have a good product, it hits off anyway. Now, Shopify, if you have good SEO, good blog content, good organic traffic coming from forums, for example, you easily rank on Google, actually, page one or page two. Really? That's very interesting. So actually, it's not that hard to rank on uh, Google for, a, say, I don't know, your coffee press or your coffee-related site, for example. Um, I, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is very complicated. I mean, I have a lot of backlinks um, through my course and through Import Dojo to the French press. Maybe that's why it's probably at the front. But uh, if I would tell you the keyword for my virtual reality site, I'm on page one, and that only took, I think, six, seven months until I was on top. And just organic traffic really doing a lot of footwork there, actually. Interesting. Okay, so when you say just six months, so obviously the time scale you need to be thinking in is months rather than weeks, which I suppose compared to getting things up on Amazon could be uh, a bit of a mental shift. But again, I like your thinking that it's only six months and top of page one. It's uh, you're really growing something for the long term. So 